there. Welcome back to Come Along. I'm your host, Sharon Lin, and today we will be continuing our chat with the wonderful Ozan Karagos to talk more about Renaissance dance and music and all the different historic venues he has danced in. So without further ado, let's hop right back in. And I, I would say one of the similarities is、um, so、for socializing. So, I did a little bit of jazz dancing, and like one of the, well, you can say, if, let's do a comparison contrast between what we did in a workshop for Renaissance dance and say swing dance is it's, it's for socializing, but also how people socialize. There might be some differences or similarities, but I would say you are there not only just to dance, but also, you know, kind of because you, 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 from you, I learned that in Pavane, you also want to show off how fabulous your outfit is. And that's a huge part of why people were there, are, are there. So, could you tell a little bit more? Because I saw amazing photos of you in full Renaissance dress. And I'm very curious how, like, when you put such an output on, how does that change how you conduct, how you basically compose yourself or not? It changes a lot.、Uh, first of all, you feel bigger with the oldest Renaissance costume.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your movements are affected by,、uh, for example, I also had a cape. Yes. So when I make a turn or a jump, the cape,、oh, the, my、fabulous. body speed is not the same as my cape speed. It, doesn't, it has some. It needs more. Yes, it needs more time to catch up. It comes before or、uh, after me. And、uh, sometimes then someone had asked, what do I do with the hands?、Mm, yes. So I may be holding my cape then. Oh, okay. If, if there's a turn, I hold my cape and the other hand is maybe helping me keep my balance. So,、uh, there's always, I mean, the costume gives you some answers already what to do with the hands sometimes. Yes. And what about the weight of the fabric and how you basically, especially for your upper torso, does that change how you, or it actually informs you more of what the dance was like? Certainly. I, I feel、mm-hmm. like、uh, when I practice in, at home or studio elsewhere、mm-hmm. in normal outfits, like loose outfits, I feel like、yeah. a twig. With you know, my arms, like, what are they doing? Like, it's sometimes really feel, feeling funny,、mm-hmm. but the costume, yeah, brings more like weight on it. Yeah,、mm-hmm. it, it, it is, but it's good to practice it on loose clothes. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a musician, like, uh, practicing in a dry acoustic because then you, you see everything, you hear everything.、Mm-hmm. Because in a good, nice acoustic or like a reverb, reverberation of a church.、Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't get to hear your mistakes or like not so good moments. And how did you get your outfit made? Did you make them yourself? No,、uh, it's also my master's. Oh, oh <laughs> wow. Okay, because I love dress history. I just、yes. have to talk about that. And one very interesting thing that I also noticed from paintings, and you actually also brought this up, is because, well, back then,、um, women's skirts were very long.、Mm-hmm. So I was picturing when you're doing research on how the follower, who was usually、uh, the women, How, they,、um, how the footwork was like. Was that particularly challenging? Because you have written records, but it's hard for you to find visual records, say from paintings, than you can from the leader. That's usually the man. Yeah, it's the, the man leads. So basically, <laughs>、yeah. would you say that the, the skirt kind of makes, it, makes the research process more challenging because you couldn't really see what was going on beneath the skirt? Well,、uh, we saw a painting, I think, no? Yes. The, the woman was. Slightly lifting her skirt.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, you had also asked whether there was something accurate in the films, no? Yes. Actually, in the Elizabeth film.、Mm-hmm. The one with Kate Blanchett? Yes. Okay. I mean,、uh, I don't remember how accurate, but there was a Volt, La Volt dance. It's a Gallard with、uh, 
it's a variation I mean, I, I of a galliard. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. The man takes the woman and they turn together. Like the woman is whoops. Uh -huh. Swooshed up. Yeah. Swooshed up, exactly. And there also the woman gently lifts her skirt. Mm. But not, not in a way that's too scandalous. Exactly. <laughs> Exa that's mm -hmm. also mentioned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. Wait, so you've seen that and also in written records from my research. Yes, Arbo talks about it. Oh, so cool. So I'm just totally nerding out right now. Okay, let's talk about the music. So I know you also have a very strong musical background. So could you tell us a little bit more, what are some common instruments that are involved in Renaissance dances? Let's mm, start with maybe indoor ones. Okay. Well, there is uh, the indoor ones. You could be harp, lute, violin family. The now becoming the violin family in 16th century. Mm -hmm. But now I'm talking about 16th century. Anything that is not so loud, the low, the low instruments, so to say, mm. in quotation marks. Mm -mm. And in 15th century, also could be again the harp, lute, and uh, maybe outside louder instruments, the high instruments. There are shams and trump, slight trumpet for 15th century, maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 16th century, again, shams and dulcian, which is like a bassoon and uh, mm -hmm. trombones begin. Mm. These could be loud instruments. And there's a term for this loud instrument ensemble. They call alta, alta capella. Exactly. Yeah. Alta capella. The gleam ensemble was yes. playing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as a side note, so I do plan to interview the wonderful The Gleam Ensemble in the near future. So please yes. stay tuned. So coming back to music, how do you feel like with dance and music, do these two, from your experience, how do these two of your backgrounds inform each other? Oh, yes. It has, it's really informed, like it's a very good collaboration. Mm, okay. It has become so maybe intrinsic that I, I, I forget that it is such an important thing. Well, it's a daily thing for me. Okay, I, I like this answer because it's almost it. It's so natural. Like you sort of understand how why these things are part of the same um, under the same umbrella in a way. And I don't know. I find it really fascinating. I actually wanted to ask you um, how you feel about this because when I try to learn about something, say that was written hundreds of years ago, but it's so fascinating that in the year twenty twenty three, you could still kind of. It's almost like time travel you understand a little bit of how people were like back then, where some people might thought it's very distant, it's unrelevant, but it's actually very relevant. And have you felt similarly in your work? You mean the relation between music and dance? Yeah, or and also like from also the, the past versus the present. Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strong answer. Yes. yes. So why do you think, uh, um, why do you think that things from the Renaissance are still relevant to us? It's a good question. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it relevant to us? I, I think so. Because, but I'm very biased because I just... I just Me too. That's why. I <laughs> love these things. But I would say, okay, well, this is coming like, am I... <laughs> Sorry, listeners, just bear with me. <laughs> so like when I look at these paintings, I, I've always wanted to, for example, really know what kind of dance those people are doing in a way. And say if it's a wedding versus a, an occasion that is not a wedding, what would be the differences? And are there some differences? I don't know. And your workshop was the first ever like in person, in a physical, really physical sense to get a little bit, get a little taste of that. And for me, that's really exciting. And I love to dance. So for, for me, that's something that's super relevant. And, you know, yeah. dancing is good. It keeps you healthy. And the music is great. So just, yeah, I think it's very fascinating. And it's definitely, the arts is definitely very relevant to us. 
Well, yes. I mean, for I can speak for myself. Renaissance dance or medieval music, Renaissance music is relevant to me, so I do it. But um, for others, I can't speak anything. But I may say we can show it. There is such a thing. It's beautiful. It comes from humanity. The humanity yeah. did create something like this, and I think it must shine as itself, as it is there, to such a level that even someone who has no idea about it might be must be or might be i don't know kind of attracted to it without explanation like you know what i mean i i know because actually yes. if i have to tell why this is relevant and then i'm trying to sell it in a way like yeah. why do i have to sell why do i have to make an advertisement for diamond ring or whatever like you don't see this mm. but i i see it like a gem it's so beautiful in itself so It's, yeah. its relevance is there already. Don't you see it? I want to say this. <laughs> it makes you happy. It makes me happy. So, but I can't, of course, if someone is not appreciating it, it's okay. Everyone is different. But mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not the person who would talk like, "Why is it so beautiful?" <laughs> Never managed this. <laughs> no, no, it's good because yeah. I actually chatted with some some people in a previous concert I joined, also hosted by the Gleam Ensemble. I think one person just told me they just. This kind of music, they they know very little about it, but they said this kind of music, the tone or the melody or whatever, it just makes them feel calm, and that is, I think that's a great answer because, great. yeah, that's why you're here and you're willing to spend the time and also spend the money to 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 enjoy this with you know by yourself or with your friends, and I feel like that's something that's very important for someone who. Who works in the arts? Yeah, in music, in earlier music, we we talk about different modes, and okay. there are many things that are quoted from ancient Greece. Mm. Like uh, certain modes are certain people, and others for other people. Some modes make you angry and agitated. Some soothe you and make you calm. So even by then, they knew not every music is for everybody. True, true. And even in medieval Renaissance. Not every music is for me, so it, I don't buy it as a package. Uh -huh. I don't expect everyone to like it as a package either. Mm -hmm. So if also someone finds maybe it calming, okay, they, then the person is taking the calming aspect of it. Yeah, maybe someone is taking the happy aspect of it, or both, or different. So people are different, and there is there are beautiful music. There's beautiful music here. Sometimes less beautiful, more beautiful, in also in every other music types too. And uh, I can't put a blind eye on this fact. That's why I. I that's why I'm speaking very. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> in yeah. from an outside eye. Yeah. So I people find their own specific channel for like creating relevance for them. Exactly. So on that note, what is okay? Do you have a favorite Renaissance dance style and a <laughs> least favorite one? Least and, favorite. And tell one. us the reason. I never thought which is my least favorite Renaissance. I really like, even though I said they are rather to, uh, quotation mark easy. I really like the 15th century bassa danza. And do you Italian. have a least favorite? I don't know. Least favorite. It could be for any reasons. Like, oh, I tried that on you know on a Tuesday in last spring, and I hurt my back, so I have a bad memory <laughs> associated with that. I don't remember a least favorite. I didn't register any least favorite. Okay. Yeah. And what about music? Are there any type of yeah? Do you have a favorite yes. and a least favorite type? A least favorite. Okay, let's start with your favorite. Okay, favorite type. I think my favorite type of music is amongst my favorite type. Okay, maybe fifty-one percent. Let's say. <laughs> so thank you. Very precise. <laughs> you know, yes. no, no, to say if I had 
I was thinking, calculating in my brain, like, is it this or this? Mm. Searching for the 51%. Maybe late 15th century polyphony. Okay. I know very little about that, but I will make note of that. Mm. And do you have a least favorite? Or, again, could be could be tied with a, I don't know, unhappy memory or something. Unhappy <laughs> memory. I don't know. That's not how my brain works, I think. That's oh. why I can't do Okay. <laughs> then how, how do you find, when you're, when you're working, how do you find your, your brain work? Not like, um, this is my favorite, mm. this is not least favorite. Somehow, what can, if, I, if, I have, if I'm having challenges with something, I try to make, how can I make it work for something good? Mm. That's why um, I think I can't remember like, why I don't like something, because I try to manage it into a positive thing. I love that. And yeah. would you say trial and error is a huge part of your work process? Absolutely. You have mm -hmm. to error all the time. Say it all the time when I'm teaching, like you have to make mistakes. Please yeah. like do, do and fail. And I mean, it's a very basic thing you keep hearing from coaches also, no? Mm. And on a different note, um, I saw some videos of you singing in go uh, old Gothic churches. Yeah. I'm really curious. Um, we can talk about dance or music. So from your experience, how does a space inform or affect what you are doing in that space? Yeah, in a, in a very deep way, like um, again, Practicing in a dry acoustic improves you, improves your hearing about yourself. But the, of course, a nice echo <laughs> reverberation in a Gothic church, in an old church. Oh yeah, it's so cool. It's a it's a nice feeling. Mm -hmm. And then you start understanding. Oh, that belongs here somehow. And do you find it? Uh, it's a like when you come in Tai when you come to Taiwan. Also, it's your first time here. Do you find that dancing in such a different venue it really gives you something new that you never thought of before well it uh, i danced in two concert halls actually and uh, i had done it also before i i did dance in castles in uh, churches cool. and uh, so of course when you dance in an old castle uh, room it's a different feeling but sometimes you get to dance in a concert hall i mm. mean you don't say no to such a yeah. <laughs> project <laughs> yeah it's a different feeling you, you it's more like a presentation of course of what music and dance together looks like would look like mm. how, how does it feel dancing in say an old castle yeah, and could you give us a example maybe your most recent one most recent one well there the recently there was covid that stopped everything of course it's yes. just uh, only now st things are starting and uh this is my f like first dance pro project after COVID, honestly. Mm. And there would be another in June, but um, the dates are not fitting, so I have to see. Uh, that would be in a castle. Oh, wh where? In, uh, uh, if you're allowed to share, of course. No, uh, it just uh, uh, it would be in France, but I had to say no to that. Oh, okay. Yes. But which century was the castle built? Uh, well, I don't know. Okay. Yes. That was like way before, way before 2023. Yeah, of <laughs> yeah. course, yes. Yeah. Because um, I, I really liked like, when, when you mentioned the different elements of versus your dancing in a, say, concert hall. So the performance element, I would say, is stronger than, say, dancing in a historic space. So do you find, like, do you have a... I feel like I'm asking a question that, that's really not echoing how your brain works because I'm really curious, do you have a preference? But I feel like it's different. Yeah, in 2023, we don't really get to choose too much where and how we want to do things. Mm -hmm. So if, if, if I get a project that says we do Renaissance dance and music in a concert hall, I don't say no because it's not in a historical place. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. but it's different like from your experience it's, when you it's do... It's different. Um, there are other things that maybe trigger me more. 
Okay. When when maybe I feel pushed by like let's do things this way or in a way that I wouldn't feel like like putting justice to what it needs time wise or mm-hmm. workload wise. I'm more concerned with that rather than the maybe the venue because I did, as I said, historical places and modern concert halls. And maybe my master also was doing it. So mm-hmm. I saw from her if she has no problems, I maybe just copied from her that I mm-hmm. don't have also problem. But I'm more curious about, say, how does a historic site? I I find that from my experience, they carry a certain aura that some spaces that are more contemporary that they don't have. So w- from your experience, like what was it like dancing, say, doing a、uh, Pavane dance in a courtyard that's built around the same era? Yeah, we I remember in Italy in in a historical city in Umbria, we we had a like in in a summer. We made 15th century dances in a palace garden in the courtyard, court of the palace, with the court. That was that's a really nice feeling.、Mm-hmm. It was outside. Oh, okay. Yes, in the court. So the instruments are different. Instruments、okay. were different,、mm-hmm. but I think we also had low, like、uh, volume-wise, low instruments too, because you know, everyone musician they want to also play and do things. So it wasn't only alta cappella. Mm. That's nice to dance in an Italian palace, of course. Yeah, I can picture that.、Mm. So to wrap up this interview and ro- rolling out a imaginary red carpet for you, too bad we couldn't have a real one. So、um, tell us any personal or professional updates that you'd love to share with the listeners. Any professional updates? Yeah,、uh, upcoming workshops, yeah. programs. Well, I'm now mostly in、uh, Turkey.、Mm-hmm. I kind of based myself back in my home country and、uh, performing with Huelga's ensemble. Um, the Belgian vocal ensemble in Europe, and I have some upcoming projects with them in June, July, and September. So it's, go, it's going on. The busy,、schedule. busy. <laughs> and、uh, hopefully, with my master, I, I'll be going back and forth to Basel or to France for dance projects. And where、yeah. can people find your work? Well, they can. I have a kind of YouTube page,、mm-hmm. YouTube、uh, channel. But I haven't been posting. I haven't been quite. I I was busy with <laughs> real life. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> During worries. During COVID,、so、I did lots of lots of videos,、mm. mostly to provide、uh, promote early music,、uh, medieval Renaissance music in Turkey in, with Turkish, like、yes. what Gleam Ensemble, my friends、yes. do in Taiwan. I try to do something a little bit with video through、yeah. videos in Turkey.、Um, I saw some of those. They're fabulous. Thank you. And also you. The, the one of you playing the、um, the harp.、Uh, I also love the tapestry that、Thanks. you chose. I know those are not by chance. I know you put effort, <laughs> and it's a hint for anyway. I'll, I'll stop nerding out. Okay, please go on. So out of、so、YouTube, the, yeah, it's my、uh, my name Ozan Karagöz Music.、Mm-hmm. Music as in Turkish. Written. Maybe I should put it in English <laughs> now. No, no worries. But are you on any social media platforms? Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gleam Ensemble has been sharing my name a lot recently,、mm-hmm. so people can find my name Ozan Karagöz Music. One on, on like, I think the last ten posts is about so our <laughs> current projects at、yes. least. So, so、mm-hmm. they can find through、uh, Gleam Ensemble. The same name exists on YouTube and Instagram. Wonderful. So, listeners, I will have all the links、uh, mentioned in the post below. So, make sure you follow Ozan's work. And again, thank you for spending time、thank、on the、you. show with me today. Thank you for coming. And listeners, hope you're having a great day or evening wherever you are. Take care. Bye. Bye bye.